It's the Luminaries with David Odyssey. Okay, we are doing the Astrology of Destiny's Child, obviously in celebration of Kelly Rowland, with special returning guest Gabby Hornig. But first, thoughts on Jackass, yes. Uh, Kimberly Petrus, my brilliant friend, Nightmare Alley, Jacob Alordi, James McAvoy, and I'm sure much, much more. Thank you for listening, and let's do this. Okay, yes, the rumors are true. Last week, Melissa Rich at gunpoint forced me to go see Jackass 3D. <clears throat> in classic Melissa Rich fashion, we arrived in the cinema with Spanakopita, feta fries, and a gyro. Um, I have discovered that thanks to uh, reading that interview with Come on, Luca Guadagnino, where he says that ice is bad for digestion and speaking with my Ayurvedist that um, the reason that I always have to go to the bathroom 65 times in a movie is because the drinks have too much ice. I also think the reason is because Bloomberg lost this battle and he should have won it. And frankly, I don't think um, a drink, even if it is $7 at the concession stand, should be bigger, you know, should be so big that I need two hands to grab it, okay? Um, all right, I don't even drink soda. By the way, can I just say, by the way, none of you asked for any of this, and, I, you know, the, the, the sonic ambush and terrorism that you all sign up for every week, uh, uh, thank you, because I couldn't handle it. On the note of sonic terrorism, you know, over the last year, we have watched <laughs> as I have developed issues with my teeth, my sight, um, migraines, everything. I truly think that since I have, like, unstuck my psychic or empathic abilities, the other senses are like, okay, you can't abuse us. And I truly think, like, my teeth, which are, like, a gate into my body, are, like, no sugar. It's fucking us up. Stop. Um, and frankly, I don't even know if I can like watch screens anymore. I'm not even saying that in a like m uh, moralistic way. I literally just like always have headaches. And I was talking with my Akashic reader, Kat Hunt, who everyone should book a reading with. And she was like, yeah, when she started, she just like couldn't watch movies for like a long time because it's like too raw it's too much of a portal and frankly like i don't know that i can watch tv shows i know that sounds crazy but like it feels like doing drugs for me like if i watch one episode of euphoria or my brilliant friend i will think about it for days and i'm just like it it's too real you know these things for me are reality and it's really hard for me to like know the difference so I'm enjoying going to see movies at the theater because that gives me a little bit of dissonance. I don't know about like watching things. I don't even know about listening to music right now. I I'm really scared that I'm becoming, um, you know, as Laura Dunn, Laura Dern, Laura Dunn, Laura Dern says, I'm becoming tragically unhip. Um, so I don't really know what's going to happen to me. Like, do I move to LA and just like, grow tomatoes and that's my personality that's fine i'm just saying like what is it um speaking of laura dern my friend meg sent me the jurassic park trailer i've only seen one of those movies i i think it was the third one clearly it made an impression but 
you know, I'm too scared to watch David Lynch movies. Every time I try, I get disturbed. Speaking of, you know, my nightmares. So what is the, do I go see a new Jurassic Park just for, for Laura Dern? Lulu is watching Enlightened. I hope that's not a breach of privacy to share this, Lulu. But, um, you know, Enlightened is this really weird thing because Enlightened is pre-Big Little Lies. So if we think about mainstream gays falling in love with Laura Dern, that only happens in 27 to 2019. Enlightened was 2011 and 2013. Uh, The second and final season ran concurrently with Girls Season 2. And let me tell you, those were some emotional nights. They also... Oh, God. There is a period when Girls, Enlightened, Game of Thrones... (laughs) and Mad Men were all on, on the same night. It was really, talk about my emotional sensitivity. I've been hammered. I've been smashed. Um, But Enlightened is just like, it's the only show. And I know we need to do an Astrology of Laura Dern episode because you're talking about Aquariuses who make, Aquarians who make choices. The choice of Mike White and of that show, I mean, there's just never going to be anything on earth like it. And like, the the deep humiliation of Amy, it's like gonna be a part of me forever. Um, the episode where they do the flashback to when Amy crimped her hair, when she would, when Amy crimps her hair generally, when Laura Dern crimps her hair, like a statement has been made. Okay, so we did see Jackass, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Johnny Knoxville is a Pisces, and. You know, we talk so much about Pisces with the bodily disillusionment and not disillusionment, bodily disattachment and the the up the upstream swimmer. And there's something about Johnny Knoxville where it's like he's affirming life, he's affirming life, he's choosing to be in his body, he's chasing danger, he's chasing impact. That is like that's when the upstream swimmer is good. And, you know, Dexter and I talk about this with Sam Asgari, Britney Spears' fiancé, who is a Pisces. Sometimes a Pisces man and a Pisces top, like, it can... It, they are so not trying to get lost in the current that they're, like... They can do you good. Um, there's something about Jackass that is healing. Um, first of all, I think... Jackass is of an Aries sensibility. What does that mean? You know, Jupiter will be in Aries this summer, which we'll talk about, um, and it'll be there 2023. You know, when you're in a culture war and when you're listening to hyper pop and when everything is on Twitter and everything is so fucking discursive and when I'm having to read that people find licorice pizza offensive because she's 10 years older than him, who is offended by that? Who is leaving the theater being like, I am personally offended? All right. Anyways, when everything gets so heady, you need Aries energy. You need a Camille Paglia. Hello. Or you need a Lil Nas X. Hello. To just say, I want to fuck. I want to be in my body. And when you watch Jackass, and I think this was the Jackass, the original premiered when Saturn was in Aries. um, You just need to know what it's like to feel impact, to like see bodies hitting each other and slamming each other. And it's like, I'm thinking a lot about the five of wands, the tarot card. You need impact. Like you need a little playful 
you know, when you're, when you're writing, you want to be a, you want to have editors to say like, mm, no, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a wall here. I'm going to hit you back a little. Pisces lacks impact. They lack boundaries. And I think Johnny Knoxville created this thing where it's like, what if we could show people touching and like colliding in a healthy way? It's non-toxic masculinity. Um, the other thing about Jackass that was like really, and this is so humiliating because I'm just like, I need to leave New York City. Um, there were a lot of animals in Jackass. They have a bear, they have a vulture, they have a scorpion, they have snakes. Like they bring in all these animals, not ethically, certainly, um, but especially the vulture was magnificent. And you're like, wow, it's these men. Well, I'm a, I know exactly what I sound like right now. It's these men with animal life. Do, do you do you hear me? I'm like working for Amy Coney Barrett right now. Um, I don't even mean in like a, like we need to go back. I just mean like there was this sort of raw tribalism, this like primeval power to it that I found moving. Okay. Well, you, you really got a, a load there. All right. Um, the following night, Emily Olcott and I went to the Angelica, um, a favorite haunt of ours, to see the worst person in the world. Now, let's talk about it. Jupiter is in Pisces and New York is coming back. I say this because this was a Thursday night of a movie from Norway. That theater was slam fucking packed, okay? We had to get into a knick-knack nook cranny, crick and crack, okay? So culture is alive, you know, don't believe what they tell you. But you will have read plenty of takes on The Worst Person in the World. I loved it. Um, I think movies are bad largely now. Um, and coming of age, like indie movies are really bad because they all do this very like, Ugh, Duplass Brothers, like, shaky cam, like, this isn't made for a lot of money, isn't that romantic? And it's like, no, it needs to, like, still be good and have music and, like, be interesting. You know, I saw that movie, The Souvenir, and I, <laughs> when I tell you I hated it, when I tell you that I wanted to... I wanted to um, get the writers from Speed to say we're, we're putting a bomb in one of these scenes and making these characters figure shit out. Do something. Um, why are these movies so boring? Um, this, on the other hand, was like poplin, 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 poplin and crackling with life. Um, it, I think this movie was very Sagittarian. This dealt with... What does it mean to be kind of forever searching and forever young? And, you know, it's very Vicky Cristina Barcelona where Scarlett Johansson says, um, I don't know what I want. I just know what I don't want. And when, you know, when Scarlett Johansson leaves, I love it. I fucking love that movie. Um, when she leaves Penelope Cruz and and Louis C.K., not Louis C.K., when she leaves, <laughs> do you see this is the Woody Allen effect? When she leaves Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem, she's like, there's nothing wrong. You know, you guys are perfect. I just like, I know that I need to keep looking. And I also thought the worst person in the world did a really good job. First of all, there's a cancellation scene that happens in that movie that is so well done because like, I just thought that was like real, which is like, it, it just, it, it, it works. But 
you understand both of the male actors are extremely hot in different ways. You understand why she'd be in love with both of them. Anyways, it was great. Um, I got a, a slice of pecan pie. So thank you. You know, I want to say to the Angelica, thank you. Um, after that, after the worst person in the world, um, I went and met some of the girlies for Motel 23, which is a party in Chelsea. Okay. I want to be very clear that this is something Lulu and I have discussed. 2021 was 2008 summer redux. 2022 is 2012 redux. I want to, I just want to lay this out. First of all, 2012 was a huge year. We have Grimes, Azalea Banks, Girls, Dark Knight Rises, and The Avengers. Very big year. Um, we are seeing a resurgence. So first of all, Motel 23 was playing, you know, Rihanna and Calvin Harris. It was playing Nicki Minaj from The Pink Print. Um, no, not even The Pink Print from... What is her what is her breakout album called? Pink is Pink is Pink is my song. Pink Pink World. She's so annoying. I love her so much. She's so stupid. Um Pink Friday. Okay. So they are playing this was in a small club. Gay boys from Chelsea. You know, it took me back to my my years in in Los Angeles going every Tuesday to Mr. Black. It it took me back to a certain kind of pop party, um, which I thought had left us. And there was an innocence to those boys from Chelsea, to their plainness, their stupidity, etc. That was really lovely. And, you know, one of my friends was making out in the corner. I was like, well, you know, anything's possible. Um... I hear also, I hear, um, there's been parties at Freehold. No one has been to Freehold since 2014. That is a Williamsburg frat boy uh, Mad Max terror arena. And yet we are seeing a resurgence. And, And the other reason I say this is that on Saturday night, I went to a performance art party in Bushwick in a in an apartment. Okay, if that's not 2012, I don't know what is. I was in someone's bedroom watching them do Tennessee Williams. Like, we're there. Um, I will say, you know, New York is back. I, I I like this vibe and I'm happy with it. You know, when I was at Motel 23, I did feel a sense of ambivalence because I got my life. I danced, danced, danced. I had the best time. But I am thinking a lot about like, I mean, this is a big part of worst person in the world, but like, when do you get to an age when you stop absorbing new things and you're not a part of the culture and you're just like an old fogey playing, um, you know, the LPs from back in your day? I'm concerned about myself. If I am going to keep going down the psychic empathic pathway, like, am I now just going to become like the, the crone in the woods, first of all? And secondly, like, did I not give ketamine music enough of a chance did i miss the spectrum this is my libra moon talking because i'm like so my worst fear is that there's a scene that i'm not a part of um or that i'm not like an intrinsic part of like my worst fear is that when people are writing like biographies about their time in new york in 30 years that there will be scenes where i'm not mentioned humiliating um 
I honestly, by the way, I don't really know what my path is. Like, Uranus is hitting my sun in May. I just finished my Saturn-Pluto square. I just finished my Saturn-Sun square. So these are Saturn-Pluto. When Saturn makes a a dialogue with my Pluto or my sun, because my Pluto Pluto and sun are opposing each other, Taurus-Scorpio. So they're 180 degrees apart. Saturn then in this transit comes at a 90 degree angle and it was devastating. I mean, it was very purifying and there's been a lot of growth, but like, I really don't know if I'm just going to become like a very peaceful healer bodhisattva or if I'm going to become world famous. (laughs) Like those two sides of self have never felt more disparate. I, you know, I've turned it over to the gods. They're going to fast track it. But anyways, there is just a feeling there's a little more more innocence, which is nice. Kimberly Petrus has released her new album, Slut Pop. Not much to say. <laughs> Listen, I love the woman. I love her work. Um, you know, the album is a little bit, she's doing what Slater and Mel Forever have been doing, which is fine. Um, and it's so catchy. It's so fun. There's a little bit of a Pluto Returns, Pluto and Capricorn thing going on there. I'm sorry I have hiccups. This is so repulsive to listen to in a recording. Okay, anyways, God, the hiccups. I hate this shit. I feel like I'm in fourth grade. Okay. Um, So Kim Petrus has made an album called Slut Pop. Yeah, Slut Pop. It is um, music for bottoms. And there's a Pluto and Capricorn aspect, which I'm going to explain. You know, this is about creating a fantasy in which you get to be like a hot object for someone to worship. And, you know, there's a song, your wishes, my command, treat me like a slut, slut pop. That is the fantasy of bottoming. There are no tops. Tops don't really exist. I say that as a top, you know, it's, it's all a fantasy. Um, This is very Pluto and Capricorn. Since 2008, Pluto, the destroyer has been in Capricorn, the sign of, authority, surveillance, governance, patriarchy. There has been this sense of the people who you thought were in power aren't. Um, And then the dark superpowers are, and you have no control and you need to give up. And there is something about bottoming in the surveillance state that I find very fascinating. This idea of I'm the powerhouse. I'm Kim Petrus. I am going to play the role of submission. You know, I want it in that way. So I just find the album very interesting in that way. Or not even that interesting. I just think the moment is interesting where like everyone wants to be a bottom because everyone wants to say, I don't want to fight the system anymore. I want to surrender to the system and I want to like fuck the system. All right, more on this later. I'm sorry that you, do you get what I'm saying? All right, um, I am just 
all I care about is my my brilliant friend. I'm writing my my brilliant friend astrology piece for Nylon. I'm rewatching season two. I am. It, I'm just warning you once season three premieres, like it's game over for this podcast and you're going to have to listen to it a lot. So like you might as well get into it. They're my favorite books. It's my favorite show. I think it's the best adaptation ever made. It is. And I have a lot to say about the Leo Virgo mechanics of it, which I will trust me. Um, last night, triumphantly, I was awake at, you know, I was up till 4am, not able to sleep yet profoundly exhausted. Um, and I watched Nightmare Alley. Look, I love Pan's Labyrinth, but Pan's Labyrinth is not written in English. It's in Spanish. I think Guillermo del Toro, when he's like writing these movies in English, they, they come out so cheesy and schlocky. This happened with Crimson Peak too, which is like the aesthetic is there. Like, his, his God, I, I hate these hiccups. His movies look right, right, right. But the the dialogue and the characterization is so schmaltzy. You know, I love to see my girl Rooney Mara. I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know what to tell you. It was that it was nominated for Best Picture. It is really something else. Okay. Um, listen, let's just say it. When the new X-Men movies come out, Jacob Elordi should play Cyclops. He literally is perfect for the role. Um, please, please take that to your senators. Jacob Elordi from Euphoria should be Cyclops. He would look with a visor on that boy's face with that chin. Done. Um... Please read the Vulture piece on the the oral history of Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Nothing on earth could make me happier. Um, all right, so Gabby came to do some hardcore Destiny's Child. So this is a really good one. It's a really fun one. It's a really light one. So I hope you enjoy it, and happy birthday, Kelly Rowland. Did you see the Lord of the Rings preview? Oh my god, no, I forgot to watch it. I watched it last night. Yeah, I'm curious what you think. My friend sent me like a one second clip of it. I'm scared okay. to watch it. Yeah. What did you think? I actually, I thought it, okay. It Amazon shows are always high budget and look like shit. And this I is know. the first one, which is weird, right? And this is the first one where I was like, okay, it looks high budget, so. Oh, good, okay. Because did you see, like, a few days ago, the stills? Like, there was some article with, like, stills from mm, no. production. And it looked... It was giving It was giving Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, I hope that, like... I a, know what you mean. In a video form, it will, be, it will be better. The issue is that the first trilogy is, like, a fluke. Like, you the first trilogy should not work. Like, right. there's so many factors with the first trilogy where I'm, like... How did that come together the way it did? It's, because, you know. It's so unbelievable that they would green light all three at right. the same time. Right. And, and they were like, we're, it's going to work. Like, we're going to do the yeah. Hobbit feat and people are just going to get it. And it, and then when they did the the Hobbit trilogy, it looked Horrible. worse somehow. I was, yeah. I was sick to my <laughs> stomach. The second it started, I'm not kidding. I went to the movie theater. The second it started, I went. <laughs> 
Uh-oh. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Cause the frame rate, wait, we should do an episode about Lord of the Rings, the frame rate, whatever they changed about it. I was like, you know, in middle school, you know, yeah. in like high school when everybody got, well, not everybody, some people got those like high def TVs yes. and then you like sit down and watch something and it looks like a soap opera. Yes. That's what happened. It's like, I think it's called like motion blurring and you can, yeah, people don't sports. even realize it. You can change it when you get yeah. a new TV, but right. like people don't even know. So yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, it did happen rate. in like 2012. Suddenly everything looks like awful. Right. It was so, de- it was devastating. <laughs> Especially like I watched Rosemary's Baby with my friends uh, on Thanksgiving and like, I don't want to watch Rosemary's Baby with that frame rate. Like, no, I don't want to watch a movie from the '60s like that. Or watching sports, so right. you can like see the ball or whatever. Which Sick. Country. I don't need. I don't need to. Thank see you. That. I don't want to for see that. once. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, Jane, do you get that? Jane, Jane, can you, you got can that? you get the slower frame rate, Jane? Yeah, <laughs> it's better for this. So, <laughs> it's that. It's that Leela Durham. I think it's Lena Dunham. No, no. Uh, from Girls. One Baby of the girls girl. now. Um, <laughs> do you want to just start and let's yeah. just see what happens? Okay. Absolutely. Unless um, you want to need to say anything first. I mean, what I want to say is that, you know, over here at Odyssey Studios uh, with my vast team, you know, my just huge staff. Yes, the minions. Um, the minions the trolls the goblins you know we were talking at the boardroom for days and days and weeks and weeks who are we going to get for the destiny's child episode because of course kelly Rowland is one of our greatest aquariuses and i said if we're going to do kelly let's throw in the whole kit and caboodle and You know, a lot of names are getting bandied around, but a few things came up. First of all, I realized Gabby is the Aquarius. True. Two, if I did this without Gabby, I know that Gabby would <laughs> at my funeral be talking about how I did this um, and never forgive me. And also, there are no other Destiny's Child experts like you. So um, yeah. you are and the look, only person I know in the world at your level of expertise. So I it had be, to be you. If, you. if there were a third person here, that would be fine. Contrib- you know, Fine. I'm not saying I know, but you know, I mean, they uh, they did make me who I am. Right, and there's a lot of dilettantes out there. I think there's a lot of people who claim to know more than they know. A lot of people became, a lot of people started being fan, uh, Beyonce fans in, you know, 20, 2004. And, uh, or 2014. Let's re- oh be really God. clear well, about true. that. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot, because I'm from Houston, Yes. And, you know, as as the world should know by now, uh, my sixth grade dance theme was Survivor. Like oh. my Jewish private school after 9-11 was like the theme of the dance oh, is the Survivor my. music video. <laughs> Were there inflatable life rafts? <laughs> it was all camo. It was just every jewish mother in houston was like oh god now i gotta buy them fucking camo cargo pants too i mean it was just Were there was insanity. a fake forest built and you wandered around yes. holding a spear <laughs> yes yes in the uh in the in the gather in the uh auditorium wow, let's just say amazing. so yeah when beyonce has her like 
when people are writing Jezebel pieces about like the bravery of lemonade, I'm like, you know, some of us have been here. Okay. <laughs> um, Gabby, can you tell us about your history with Destiny's Child? Yeah. Well, it all began at the billiards hall. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm actually not kidding. My friend had a birthday party. <laughs> it was like, we were like playing pool at this place for my friend's birthday party. And there was a jukebox and the song came on the jukebox. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? Yeah. So I ran over to my friend who knew about this kind of thing, a new pop music. I, Cause at the time I like, didn't really know pop music at all. Um, and How I'm, old were you Gabby? Uh, Can you I guess 10, I was probably 10. <laughs> I love that you say I didn't know pop music as if you were like an adult who, okay, continue. Well, whatever. I don't know. My parents were like not like into pop music. So I we right. were listening to like, you know, handle. Anyway, <laughs> so it was a handle home household. <laughs> um, so I ran over. I'm like, what is this song? And she said it was Say My Name. And I was like mm. completely obsessed. Something, it just like reached into my core and took hold of me. And like, I, I just, I don't know. I just was so obsessed. And so I went out and the writings on the wall was the first CD I ever bought myself. Mm. And I remember <laughs> being like, should I, well, I only know one song. Like, sh is it worth buying the whole CD? I only know one song. It was like this huge dilemma. And then I, I did <laughs> anyway. So that's kind of where it all began. And they were just like my number one. And then I got, they kind of opened the doors for me, like the rest of my music taste, you know? Mm. Um, but they, and they were the first concert I went to also. I went to the TRL tour, which Huge. they headlined. <clears throat> it was also Jessica Simpson, Nelly, Dream, a whole cast of characters. Um, you know, I saw them live. I, I'm looking up because I saw them. They headlined Jingle Jams 2003 mm. and they definitely performed at the Houston Rodeo. So oh, now yeah, I'm like, sure. who the fuck else was in that show? Because I remember <gasps> falling asleep being like, when is Destiny's Child? Wow. You know what I mean? But what, it was they saved them for the end. Was it all like Texas people or was it? I doubt it. Cause okay. rodeo, we used to get Shakira. I mean, we <gasps> used to get we used to get big girlies. Whoa. So I don't know. Um, anyways, so you saw them perform live, and then sorry, keep taking us on the journey. Oh no, I mean, from there it was just you know I was their number one fan. Okay, so first of all, can you give us a little placement of where Destiny's Child lands in terms of? girl groups and mm. like R&B hip hop pop women vocalists in the 90s um because they are a different evolution than something yeah. like TLC. Right. Yeah, so they they were like they existed as a group starting in like 1990 when they were kids, you know. So they right. were like coming up when groups like TLC well although TLC was kind of on the like hip-hop side of R&B and then there yeah. were like En Vogue, like, and, Vogue SWV yeah. and groups like that that were like more vocal like based um so they I feel like were kind of an evolution out of that and kind of like merging the two a little bit um for their I think their first couple of albums I would say and then I feel like in the Survivor era which was like 2001 they sort of crossed over more into like pop world so 
like the writings on the wall their second album was kind of they're like kind of when they really took off i feel like in r&b yeah. world um and then survivor was like okay now we're kind of still r&b but also pop and um and that's when they got and and then of course they became what they went from four members to three members for that album and it's which of we'll talk about became what we know today um but yeah they i mean they really like i i mean everyone knows this they're just they're one of the most popular like best-selling girl groups ever and uh, but i feel like they kind of found a niche that hadn't quite been filled yeah there's you know i was thinking about it because yesterday i was reading a review of the new michael jackson musical and they're just talking about how like why would you do uh-huh. the story of michael jackson's life like why yeah. would you even try that and then i was reading today the uh oral history of mamma mia here we go again which as you know gabby <laughs> is a favorite uh, of film course. and that it's like well everyone loves abba music just make up a story it doesn't matter and there is something about destiny's child where i'm like their music for some reason is so universal and it's like kind of hits all genres that mm-hmm. you could make like a perfect Destiny's Child jukebox musical that isn't even about them because like absolutely their songs are just kind of everything for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. They have like writings on the wall is so relationship based. Mm. And then well, I mean not well, yeah, it's relationship based, but it's also like, you know, jump in, jump in. Um, but then Survivor <laughs> is much more like feminist yes. at a time when, and of course, our <laughs> feminism has has uh shall we say shifted since then a little bit it's so funny to me like to think you know the song nasty girl yeah you remember that one it's like at the time it was like wow like you tell her you know and now it's i like, know okay we're shaming <laughs> shaming girls for like wearing a i mean top. <laughs> to be clear they were like booming right when george bush became president the, and like they were able to thread that needle where they were like we're not girl power like destiny's child is to me the immediately post girl power which is weird to say but like tlc to me is more in the girl power world of like tlc Mm -hmm. spice girls leading into britney spears you see these like hyper stylized music videos they're they're dressing kind of like individual superheroes like they're kind of like sailor moon characters destiny's child is a little more broad and a little bit more like universal and they were able to thread the needle of like okay george bush is president september 11th has happened like we need to be obviously like a girl group and we're fierce but it's a little bit less like it's a little less like Tokyo feminism, if that makes sense. Mm. Like it's a little less like um, we are the new superheroes. We are the new woman. It's more like we are America's entertainers. Mm. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they compare them a lot to the Supremes and that makes sense to me. Cause like the Supremes had this broad universal appeal, you know? Yeah. I think they have kind of that, but and they, I mean, they also have like, I feel like independent women is sort of the closest yes, they got to what you're referring to with, with other people, but they did sort of, they were kind of hovering. Oh God, independent woman, independent woman, the Charlie's Angels soundtrack. Like for oh me, God. the thing that really like changed my life was the Charlie's Angels soundtrack. Cause I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not like the other boys now. <laughs> and let's not forget the song dot 
dot um remember which i'm i'm looking up the lyrics because gabby knows my favorite um walking under the maple tree yes. to myself i am pondering thinking about all these things that's bothering me lately it's so good it's so good shut up no one said to open your mouth <laughs> shut up um so gabby we mm -hmm. are going to go through each of the girlies Sinology and then like great. do some breaking down and some great, creative great, synthesis great. to do that because this is really where you need Gabby and you know I have a specific memory in Fire Island of some girls <laughs> started talking about Destiny's Child someone's talking shit about Farah and Gabby said well actually last week Farah tweeted this so I don't know what you're talking about so Gabby really oh knows I know what, what he's it was doing. Latavia Tell I remember me. what you're talking oh, about. oh it was Latavia really yeah yeah, yeah. yeah what, so. what was it okay um. Go ahead. Oh, nothing. No, I just feel like somebody said something about her and I was like, well, actually she is still collecting royalties because she wrote on that album. So yes. she's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and yeah, I remember in high school one time someone made fun of Michelle and I was like, excuse me, she is a very accomplished gospel oh, yeah. artist. No, don't. And they're don't like, okay, well, you're a faggot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so don't start with me. So Gabby, before we get into the Sinology, I'm wondering if you could give us some of the history of Destiny's Child. Like, sure. who like were membership? these girls? Yeah, that, that's what we'd like to know. And then okay. we can put the pieces together. Okay. So back when they were, you know, in the 90s, uh, girls time they had a lot of different names but it's we're talking Beyonce Kelly and then at a certain point Latavia and Latoya were brought in yes and then they were Destiny's Child um the first album came out I think 97 mm -hmm. and um then that same group was for the writings on the wall in 1999 and then of course uh Latoya and Latavia were shocked to see two other girls in the same my name video which their vocals which they had recorded and of course those two <laughs> so girls were up. Michelle it really is not okay that was <laughs> Michelle and Farah right and Miss Farah lasted five months <laughs> and then we were left with the triumphant trio Beyonce Kelly Michelle yeah um so let's just get into it uh latavia and latoya are scorpio pisces and farah is a taurus latoya um, and latavia are both the same i'm sorry latavia is a scorpio oh. I, I didn't oh, say oh i'm sorry i was like latavia is a scorpio latoya is a pisces okay got it um you know there's a lot to be said i i would just say being in a girl group is being in a gulag um you are basically <laughs> like a, a you are a like <laughs> a worker in the camp basically and there's a few things that i think like yeah i, I think a pisces or a taurus are not necessarily the best suited for that a taurus especially it's like i think any fixed sign but a taurus especially is like so i have to do what now why but I like, why are you telling me what to do? Um, and Latoya and Latavia, who are these very intense water signs, I think with all of the intensity and the like, there's like, beyond, Destiny's Child had this quasi family dynamic, but it was also this like very intense business institution. I think if you're a water sign, that could be very emotionally confusing to be like, what are these relationships and why are we doing this, you know? 
Yeah, and especially because be- like Beyonce and Kelly are like the two who are there from the beginning, basically sisters. Yeah. And then the other two are like not that. So right. ripe, ripe for conflict. Right. And like they're, you know, they're performing in Tina's salon in the Montrose. You know, like Beyonce's dad yes. is the manager. Like it is this kind of family business. Yeah. So you bring in these two water signs who are just like, so are we family or not? What's the truth here? And I can see Latavia being like, okay, well, this is bullshit. And, you know, if I were a Scorpio, <laughs> if I were a Scorpio and I saw the, um, right, which video is it? Is it fit. say my name? Where they were replaced? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To see that level of betrayal and, you know, Beyonce, who's a Virgo, can say like, well, it's just business. But for a Scorpio right. or a Pisces, when you're really sensitive, it's like, okay, I see how things are and I've been lied to, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's complete. It's a total betrayal. Even when I'm, Like whatever sign you are, it's like that was really not cool. Right. Um, and in true Scorpio Pisces fashion... Those girls sued for years mm-hmm. and years <laughs> and settled privately. Yes. Um, and I also, I didn't know this, Gabby, but when Survivor came out, it was assumed that it was like about the acrimony in the band. And then they re-upped their lawsuit because they were like, you yeah. weren't supposed to be, we weren't supposed to be talking about our conflicts pri- uh, publicly. Right. And the story was that they were, they were like, oh, it's not about anyone in particular, but it's like, okay. Uh uh-huh yeah that and uh nasty girl it's like yeah okay (laughs) um yeah do you have and then with farah like taurus is not really a team player like taurus is supposed to be the boss like you know, Cher is a Taurus. Like, are you going to put Cher in a girl group? Like, are you putting Grace Jones in a girl group? So, of course, Farrell was like, so I can't be the boss. I'm basically like a, a, like a temp worker here. No way, I'm out of here. And that is the first and last time anyone will compare Farrah to Cher and Grace Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And by the yeah. way, if anyone out there has not seen the clip on YouTube of Beyonce telling Farah that we can send your luggage. You have to go look it up. <laughs> okay. So let's just go. We'll start with, you know, let's let's start at the, the source of the volcano. Beyonce Knowles makes it easy for me because, like, I just wrote my Pisces article and I was just like, yeah, Rihanna's a Pisces. Beyonce's a Virgo. What else do you need to know? Like <laughs> Beyonce, Beyonce, okay. Virgo, if you think about Queen Elizabeth who shaves her head and like rechristens herself as married to England, you're thinking about Virgo who's like, I don't want to be a human being. I want to be a god. Don't touch me. That is Beyonce. Um, and whenever Beyonce tries to be human or relatable, I just think it is like, the most bizarre it's like when they show when they're teaching like kids severely on the spectrum like how to recognize human emotions it's like that level for me where i'm like yeah beyonce telling farah they can check her luggage like really a warm moment you know what i mean oh my god it's so funny it's a you only see it like i feel like 
the moments that are observed when you know kind of secretly like when she's not intending to be captured is when is when you see like the real her but well what is the clip you sent me gabby where the three of them are clearly very stoned oh my gosh the interview (laughs) where they're talking about like their favorite animal and and she's like i love whales (laughs) (laughs) she's like i would want to be a whale Like they all took downers on their plane ride yeah. from their tour in like Norway or something. And they're like, yeah, who are we talking to? Um, <laughs> yeah, Beyonce is the ultimate Virgo. Um, Virgo is really about like control and self-definition. And Beyonce is extremely private, which by the way, no wonder because like, very young in life she was dealing with these like litigious band breakups and she was having her father like running her business so that reclamation of i'm not speaking to my father anymore i'm becoming like a one name mononymous act and i'm going to take over the world is very queen elizabeth the first it's very virgo you know it's very freddie mercury um who's a virgo obviously um so she is really that definitive like the thing about Beyonce that makes her a Virgo to me is like, we don't really know her. She's a total sphinx. Like she's always going to be a little bit of an enigma, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfectionist enigma. Yeah. Um, I will say Beyonce has four planets in Libra, Jesus Christ. And, um, <laughs> and her rising in Libra. And think about libra rising as we know on this this podcast we've talked about anna nicole smith we've talked about bill clinton uh the rock um there's a few others i'm not remembering oh britney spears you know there's something about libra which is like you like me because i'm like you and i know how to be like you so that you like me and i do think beyonce even though she is not relatable in any possible capacity is very good at being like i know what the people want to see and i can like kind of give it to them does Mm. that make sense yeah it's like i'm not like you or you're not you're not like me we all know that but i still know what you want and here it is and before before you even know you want it exactly he's one of those people that like every time she put out she puts out a new song i'm like like there have been several times where she's put out a lead single and i'm my first reaction is huh and then my second reaction is like oh wow i love this and she like changes my taste in music yeah i I agree there is um she has a lot of planets in her 12th house which is the invisible realm and it's this kind of like it's really tapped into the subconscious and when you have libra there jupiter libra venus libra saturn mercury and libra um libra is like really the sign of popular culture it's the sign of surface culture and i think she's really able to see like okay this is what's coming up like these are the trends that are coming and you know again in terms of like music about having been violated and like getting revenge i'm always going to go to rihanna because i think like rihanna truly lived it but beyonce is very good at being like people 
in 2015 when did lemonade come out 2016 mm-hmm. yeah so. like she was able to be like okay people are gonna want this narrative i can package it and it can be personal but it's like it's glossy enough that it's like bigger than me you know yeah i also think over the course of her solo career like she's such a perfectionist right we know that like yeah she's always going above and beyond topping like what she's done previously but for the first half of it it was like in relation to the system or like the you know pop culture like uh, grammys you know sales whatever popularity yeah and then it took a turn where she was like okay i'm actually done with that i've achieved it all so now i'm just gonna try to do it in relation to what i've done before and like it's kind of in a vacuum like a vacuum removed from from popularity i agree it's really weird i mean you and i have talked about this but like i love b-day i know you love four but like those really are a different era of like yes that was her being like in you're right she was or was the turning point four was the turning point where it was like genre wise it was a mishmash yeah and i mean to be clear i love that album it was like kind of more like uh, a mix of things it wasn't trying it it was heading towards like okay i actually don't need to be like pop queen anymore i don't need to have like a song at number one for eight weeks or whatever yeah i'm seeing if was for her saturn return album let's see four was in 2011 very good let's see um, where was Saturn in 2011? Yeah. So, yes. so that was her Saturn return because uh, Beyonce is Saturn and Libra. So that's really interesting to me um, because also four was not a moment. Like, obviously, we we faggots were like, hi, I'm ready. Like, thank you for this. Um, but straight people didn't really understand end of time let's just say that (laughs) and um, it wasn't really like a well-received album and in a lot of ways like 2011 was a weird transition point not just for beyonce but i think like for music because lady gaga had just arrived like two years previous and we were going through like you said a transition and i think beyonce at that point in her saturn return was like okay what do the people want? And I've delivered that and I've done it. Mm-hmm. And like, what do I want? And how have I kind of Beyonce, who's such a workhorse and who like really was just like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's pound it out. I do think after her Saturn return, it kind of reminds me of Kirsten Dunst's Saturn return where she was like, I'm doing melancholia. It was like, okay, go mm. so, like, great it's exactly what you said which is like i've already done it i have nothing else to prove i'm just gonna go in now now i'm proving things to myself yeah um because then beyonce the the album was like whoa no one even knew it was coming out like she just fucking like slammed it you know yeah um oh my god and i felt like the 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 music videos in beyonce we were like okay she's like She's going there. Yeah. Yep. Um, Beyonce, what's going on with her now before we just move on? Um, where's her Saturn now? Uh, yeah, Saturn's in Aquarius, fourth house. Okay. She and her Uranus opposition. I'm just saying, if, 
yeah, she's in her year. She's in her Uranus opposition. You know, there's nothing really to say with Beyonce. This is the thing is like, I don't know her life. <laughs> um, I do think when Uranus opposes her moon in the next few years, like we might get some because Beyonce has a Scorpio moon famously. We might get the documentary about like, this is who I've been, or we might get like a real tell all, but you know, I think she, she's done the Virgo thing, which is like, I've created a perfect machine and it's with Libra. And she's like, I know what the people want and the machine's never going to stop, you know? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. So let's talk about Michelle. Michelle. Michelle's a Leo. Um, so Mich this makes sense to me. Leo really like can't be rushed and they can't be told to do any. Leo's another fixed sign like Taurus and Aquarius, which we'll get into. But Leo is really just like, this is my world. And when I go to sleep, the world doesn't exist. And like, <laughs> this is what I do. And this is what I like. Hello. Um, so I think Michelle... Michelle has had a pretty vast career and she's like been on the stage quite a lot more than I knew about. Mm -hmm. But I think in terms of like the pop music um, concentration camp, I can see her being like, <laughs> yeah, I'm I like I did it. I don't need to. I, Leo has the least to prove. Leo is not interested in like, I need to get the people to like me. Leo is like, right. The people should like me because I'm already iconic, you know? she has her lane she was like right. well yeah i mean also with she with her solo albums she you know she went in the gospel direction and um and she was the first one to release a solo, solo album of the three t and as we know what is the what is the song the jesus song say yes okay as we know from the say yes video you know i love that video Michelle said, listen, I'm a Leo. I know I'm a star. I don't need to learn choreography. Oh, God, no. I don't need to dance for you people. She said, I'm going to clap uh, for a for this yeah. music video, and that's and all you people she? deserve. And why Thank shouldn't you. she? <laughs> to clap is no crime. Someone had to say it. Yeah. So she's... She's an interesting Leo. Uh, she's not a Madonna Leo. You know, Madonna is the Leo who's like, I need to be loved. Yeah. Um, Michelle is much more like, I already know I've got it. Bring me on to this, this group and like, Let give me, me the, the bridge. bridges. Yeah. Yes. A queen of the bridge. And let's talk about her bridges. Underneath. <laughs> lurking, lurking underneath my bridge. She, she, her bridges are legendary. Of, oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, let's just start. I would say um, lose my breath. Ugh. When you make me say, ooh, when you give me that done. <laughs> when you ask for some, you ain't really want none. Um, so good. I mean, and Survivor, of course. Survivor is one that Gabby and I sing to each other so much that i think some of our other friends are like a little bit tired of us doing it but it's just <laughs> well, like i've got bad news <laughs> not gonna stop <laughs> after all of the darkness and sadness soon comes happiness if i surround myself with positive, positive things, things 
I'll gain prosperity. Like, what a fucking, what a fucking thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also, there, do yeah. you remember um, that st- that song they did, Stand Up For Love? Do you know that one? <laughs> yes. I love that song. She's got a great bridge on there. She sounds great. <laughs> yeah, and girl, um, mm. girl, she's my favorite when she's like, um, I'm trying to remember. Um, take a minute, go come sit down. Um, we ain't never seen ya down like this. <laughs> what you mean you don't need us to help? We know each other too well. <laughs> um, are there any other Michelle stand- standouts for you in the, in the Destiny's catalog? Mm, well, Stand Up For Love, which yeah. maybe some people don't know that one, but it's really good. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. She also, okay, this is a this is so random. On her, wait, I think it was her f- second album. She has this song called Love Thang, which I <laughs> adore. It's a beautiful steel drum number. <laughs> it's really good. Check that one out. Adoro. Adoro. <laughs> Um, okay, so moving on to the birthday girl, the main event, let's talk about uh, our favorite Aquarius. Mm. Kelly second Rowland. favorite. Just kidding. I'll be I'll be Hello. second to Kelly. No, you're you're my favorite. I think <laughs> okay, the right, world's our... favorite Aquarius is, oh, okay, is Kelly Rowland. Sure. So Kelly's birthday is February 11th, 1981. Um, first of all, I'm just curious, Gabby, like on your take about what what your relationship with your Aquarianism is. And you can say anything or nothing at all, and I will celebrate it. <laughs> um, oh my God, my relationship with my Aquarius. Or Aquarian. how you see Kelly as an Aquarius. Well, okay. How you relate to Kelly. Related. I've always had a, a special place in my heart for Kelly. And yeah. before I even knew we were both Aquariuses, Aquarii, I always connected with her and I think it's like because she all she's so talented she does she has her assignment she does it well but she's always so she's very quiet about it like she's not the one who needs to be the spot in the spotlight the center of attention the like you know volcano as you said earlier she kind of she's a team player you know she like works in the group she does what needs to be done and she's so good at it and I feel like I appreciate that about her. I feel like it's very Aquarius to sort of, you know, we know what the system is, we're working within it. Um, That's perfect. Um, and like, you don't always need to seek out like the most attention. That's like, you nailed it right on the head, Gabby, because, you know, when we talked about uh, on this podcast, or you can read my nylon piece, but uh, Rasputin, iconic Aquarius Mm. Rasputin is like I don't need to be the king of Russia to run Russia I'm just gonna like whisper in the queen's ear and even like Julia Fox and Kanye West it's like Julia Fox is kind of a nobody but like she's the one who's like running the show now and there's a few examples of that but like hey uh, even Emperor Hadrian triple Aquarius in ancient Rome was like I don't need to like be I don't need to be the face on the coin. I need to be, I need to just like be making sure that the vision is perfect. And I agree with you, Gabby, like Kelly as an Aquarius, I've always gotten a sense is like more interested in 
the music, the production, and like Beyonce can be the Beyonce. Kelly is like, that's fine with me. I'm like looking at the bigger picture, you know? Yeah. And then she goes off and does, I mean, we love her. She has so many great songs by herself. Which I also think too is very Aquarian where, cause Aquarius to me, I always think about like, Brandy's an Aquarius and Aquarius yeah. is like, who are the collaborators and what are the sounds that are going yeah. to be a moment? And Kelly, like people don't remember this because, you know, people are just like stupid and ignorant <laughs> and don't read. They don't listen to music. They don't go out. They don't do anything right. But mm. Kelly in that 2000, seven to 2011 moment which was a really weird like i said transition in pop music yes kelly was like look i'm gonna invent dance music yes. i'm going to like discover david Guetta and, and collaborate with him before anyone else does and i'm gonna like kind of create some new sounds with some new collaborators you know commander oh. commander was, and like yeah we were going towards dance pop was going edm vibes the work remix by the freemasons mm. me in 2009 living in tel aviv listening to that every single day <laughs> um and then yeah like oof. oh my god commander that commander is really one of our greatest videos yes um kelly said what if we did what we did in the <laughs> in the lose my breath video but it was just me <laughs> what if I fought myself again? Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like she motivation, obviously, like, mm -hmm. I don't, do I even need to say that like this? I think, you know, even her and, um, oh, down for whatever is so good. And also like her song with Nelly in 2003, it was like, wow. Oh yeah. Texting the Microsoft Excel whatever it was <laughs> and I her first solo single stole was mm. so good and also totally random genre wise like it was very like pop pop rocky like guitar I yeah. love that song mm. yeah she I just I do think Kelly and Aquarius is like I don't need to be a brand and I don't need you to know what my brand is. Like I can be, I can I'm just kind of, yes, I'm vibing. I'm like exploring what's interesting to me and I'm trying to cultivate that, you know? I relate to that, but I'm cracking up because I'm like, yeah, like I don't need to have a brand. You'll never know. You'll never be able to pin me down is my way of saying, well, I'll never follow through on any one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so holding um, your breath did uh, in the new york magazine piece on euphoria they were like interviewing barbie ferreira and they were like so you have a much smaller part in season two and she was like yeah my character's arc is really like interior and it's a bit of a mystery and it's like <laughs> okay so they just didn't write you a story and you're saying that she had like an interior journey you're like, filling in the blanks totally sure um Live, laugh, love. Okay, so actually, like Elaine Stritch, Miss Kelly is a Sag Rising and an Aquarius Sun. So, um, you know, the Sag Rising is also like, I'm kind of more interested in the adventure, like, throw me into a new challenge. That's very Elaine Stritch with Stephen Sondheim. Like, 
I don't really care. Like you be Steven Sondheim, throw me into a challenge. Um, mm. She has Libra, she has Saturn and Jupiter in Libra, which I think is interesting. That's just like a very intense expand contract. Um, and I think there's a sense of Aquarius doesn't care about fame in the same way. So mm. I just see a huge sense of with the Jupiter and Saturn conjunct in Libra, Jupiter is more, more, more. Saturn is like, stop, stop, stop. I think Kelly is someone who could say like, you know, we have now toured Japan four times. I kind of get it. Um, like, let me marry my hot manager. Let me know? have a beautiful family and also put together a little mix. <laughs> Did she put together a little mix? <laughs> Didn't she? We need, we need to talk I to believe Jay. You. I sort of, that was during the time when I like didn't know what was happening in pop culture, but like, <laughs> Jake, where are you? <laughs> um, no, can you, can, okay. You know that mm. Melissa Rich's boyfriend, Frank, is like on the Little Mix message boards. Like what? When, people who like Little Mix, it's not just that they like Little Mix, it's Little Mix. It's that they're like, No, it's Little. You know, they wrote they're out the full really, word. They're really, they're really, you're right, correct. It is little mix. Little. Um, they're really like in it for life wow. uh, in a really intense way. So I love that okay. for them. What, what else in terms of greatest hits, legacy, drama, YouTube clips, what else can you be telling us, Gabby, about the girls? Oh my gosh. <clears throat> um, pardon me as I clear my throat that's such a broad question <laughs> I, I, I guess are there any gems that people don't really know about that you want people to know I mean I can think mm, of like one that you yeah I mean you Gabby have been a big defender of the Survivor remix featuring oh, Debrat yeah. which no one is talking remix, about you simply must look it up featuring Debrat Welcome to the world really of Destiny's good. Child. It's, oh my God. She jumps out Featuring of a helicopter. Featuring Debrat. There's a rope ladder down from a helicopter. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> I was just, I love, okay. I was thinking like, what are my highlights? And But it like, not like big hits. So good from the writings on the wall. Written by uh, Candy. Don't know if you've ever heard of her. No. No, I'm kidding. Candy. You've heard of her, Candy Burress from, you know, Real House. Oh, shit. Sorry. Thank um, you. No, that's okay. You know, she was known for other things in the 90s. Um, and Temptation from that album are two of my mm. favorites. Gorgeous. Yeah, I would, I mean, as I said, like Kelly Rowland's work remix featuring um, Freemasons is like, it's going to be a part of me forever. Um, I would definitely say, yeah, I feel like we've covered, there are more remixes than I think people know about. I would definitely say that. Like even mm -hmm. the, um, is it Jumpin' Jumpin' with Jermaine Dupree? Possibly. There, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it is. There's a lot of good um, Say My Name remixes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's Jermaine Dupree, Debrat, and Bow Wow. It's like... There you okay. go. So yeah. Um, are there any music videos that that uh you know the people need to revisit? I mean, look, 
the Say My Name music video, although it was mired in controversy, I just don't know how much better you can get than going, we're just going to pose in different colored rooms sitting on cool furniture yeah, on a turntable. And that's it. I, you know, to add to that, I would definitely say that the like, I mean, obviously the bootylicious slash like jumpin' jumpin' do that in a very good way. Jumpin' jumpin' is very much like, okay, the girls are in the club. Um, yes. And Kelly's and, hair and jumpin' jumpin' is really something. You and bootylicious really, the girls are really getting silly. The, remember yes. the tooth, the missing tooth? <laughs> like, yes, the humor. Who knew? We don't get to see that all the time. I will say, and this is one that Gabby and I talk about a lot, is the Cater to You video. <gasps> Um, in the desert with the mermaid gowns oh that armography it is it exactly they it's armography that even michelle can do yeah <laughs> they can barely walk because of the dresses so they're just wiggling around doing motions with their arms it's so beautiful I, and you can't go I, wrong if you're yeah. in the desert i agree um i think they do really well with that aesthetic um for me i think the lose my breath video is like hmm very fun especially very fun. because michelle's dancing is like um and i just love lose my breath and like kelly just fucking tears it in that song you know? oh and also the girls make an appearance in the get me bodied video which is a Beyonce. that's right that's a good one and solange too and also like b-day is such a moment and like people didn't really understand it i think like b-day I don't know. I just love that album. And I remember people mm -hmm. being like, okay. Like besides Deja Vu, I felt like people were like, you know, obviously there were there was Irreplaceable, et cetera. But there were so many songs on B-Day that are like, Get Me Bodied, Sugar Mama, Kitty right. Cat, Freakum Dress, where it's like, okay, she's yeah. actually going to tear it, you know? Yes. Oh, wow. The Get Me Bodied video. It's like 12 <laughs> minutes. Thank you, guys. Yeah, the extended version. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, Gabby, I guess I'm curious if you have any closing thoughts on the legacy, the importance of the, the nasty girls. <laughs> the nasty girls, the naughty girls. You know, I'm just, I hope, I just wonder, you know, will they, will, what will we get from them in the future? Like how long mm -hmm. do we have to wait for a reunion tour? And I, and I mean like a true reunion tour. I agree. Um, you know, we'll be... <laughs> They'll take us out of the nursing home on a, a bus, a little <laughs> shuttle, a little shuttle to go on a field trip to go to the reunion tour. Gabby and I will be in the home watching season 47 <laughs> of Lord of the Rings on Amazon. Um, and we'll be holding hands in our cots because we can't afford full beds. Um, yeah, and they'll just we, yeah, they'll just push the, the cots down tour. the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be great. Oh, I can't wait. But yeah, it's like they. I guess any group, it's inevitable that they part ways, but it feels like such a long, long time that we had them as a group, but it really wasn't that long. That's what was weird for me to discover. Less because, than 10 years. Yeah. And like, they split up earlier than I remembered because, yeah, it's just, it, it's weird to see uh, how, how brief these, these 10 years are. But like, the thing with a girl group is that they pound it so hard that mm -hmm. they're able to like leave this huge legacy in such a short period of time. It's the same with TLC and the Spice Girls where you're like, how were you owning reality 
for just this little period, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you have to quit while you're ahead if you want to have like yeah. any other, any different kind of career, like a solo career, you know? I do think that we are due for like, if there were a Mamma Mia movie that was like only Destiny's Child music, oh my God. I think it would be so good. Like, I just it think would. it's, to... it's, okay, let's Destiny's see. Child does work for like a jukebox yes. song station. You're right. I never thought about that, but yeah. Yeah. And it could be set in the living rooms of Bootylicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gabby, where can people, in case Gabby happens to be posting videos of the three girls stone talking about whales, <laughs> where can people be following you? You may follow me on Instagram at the Midnight Riftstress. Mm. I repeat, the Midnight Riftstress. And on Twitter, you know what? I still haven't changed my handle. <laughs> and, and, me there. and that's okay. Um, and if you want, you know, please re-listen to me and Gabby's Aaliyah episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaliyah, you know, Gabby, he's the best there is at what he does. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, so I'm really grateful that you I've, came back. I have my room full of scrolls and archives. <laughs> in in, nice in to, the sarcophagus it's nice to dust them off every now and again nobody ever asks <laughs> um thank you for being here I thank love you for day. having me love you the luminaries is recorded with love in new york city if you've enjoyed this show please subscribe share rate review and etc if you would like a tarot or astrology reading with me david odyssey you can go to davidodyssey.com or follow me on instagram david underscore odyssey and of course be sure to read my nylon column and tell everyone you know about the luminaries i am excited for whatever the hell is coming next let's do it together Mwah.